If we could humanize them and say, look, there's no problem with these, we're way less likely to interrupt the recovery. And that's where things start to become unhealthy. Welcome to the Liminal Zone Alchemist, the podcast for when you're stuck between the patterns of your past and the pull of your purpose. I'm your host, Sally Hardy, and each week I'll be challenging your understanding of what it is to be a human in the modern world. I'll help you free your innate genius from the socialized shadows, reconnect with your inner knowing, and lean into that pool, letting your purpose guide and support you with ease to the impact that only you can make in the world. Okay, get comfy, set your brain to curious, and let's get on with the episode. Hello. This is going to be a whistle-stop tour of unhealthy and healthy stress. Most people think that there is no healthy stress. All stress is bad, it's to be avoided, or it can't be avoided, and you just have to suffer through it. Stress is like a bad thing, and then there's the stress responses, there's fawn, fit in, fight, flight, freeze. They're all bad things. Kind of a trick question or a trick statement, really, because there actually are no unhealthy stress. I say are because it's multiple, but stress is sort of singular. There are no unhealthy stress. There is no unhealthy stress. Anyhow, it's all biologically exactly what a human is designed to manage. We are designed to be activated and we're designed to recover from that, just as a deer is designed to be activated if they're being chased by a dog and they are designed to recover whenever they're not being chased anymore. The only unhealthy bit comes when it gets interrupted, when our natural cycle gets interrupted. Stress in and of itself is great. It helps us focus. It actually, in short amounts, can increase our immunity. It can help us get through things. And stress, even when we're talking about stress responses, this is an evolutionary and involuntary, and it's really key to know that's an involuntary reflex to survive. There is nothing wrong with that. Fawn and fit in, which are, you know, they have strategies underneath them, right? Which is it's like better to be with the crowd, better to be with the masses, better to be approved of, better to be liked and loved, better to not stand out, better to be one of than singled out on my own. Like there's logic underneath that. It might not be so appropriate now, but you can see and hear where the logic has come from from an evolutionary perspective. We didn't want to be out on our own. We wanted to be in with the tribe, with somebody watching the fire while we were hunting, with somebody watching our back while we were sleeping. Fight and flight. If you are in a situation that is dangerous, running away or defending yourself, I mean, they're pretty sensible, pretty logical responses, right? When we move to freeze there's hyper freeze and hypo freeze hyper freeze is the sort of the rabbit in the headlight element of freeze just everything stops gets pale perhaps our heart rate goes up get a bit sweaty but we're not really moving hypo freeze something quite different hypo freeze is play dead it's where everything starts to shut down so in levels of severity Fawn and fit in, if you imagine a triangle, are kind of the, the bottom levels of activation. And they are in our parasympathetic. And then we have fight and flight, that's sympathetic. And we have the freezes, hyper and hypo, 
which are again back in the parasympathetic, but they are a hypo arousal of that. So when I put them in that triangle, it relates to the severity of the situation or the perceived threat that your central nervous system is hoovering in from sensory information in the world, that it's combining with, you know, it's processes and stored memories. And your limbic system decides whether you're in threat or whether you're not. And if you are, cortisol, adrenaline, everything that is designed to help us survive. And at the very, very high level of activation, that survival is disassociation. That survival is, we need to not remember any of this. We need to just play dead and maybe they'll, they'll leave us be if we're being attacked or whatever the situation is, that there is a, a lack of control. All of these things are really logical. They make good evolutionary sense. None of them are unhealthy. They are all responding to a situation that is too much, that is too loud, too fast. Whatever way, our body and our brain do not believe that they have the resources to cope with. All super healthy. All exactly as they should be. Let's humanize that, ironically, because they are very human tools. They're tools, techniques, strategies. If we could humanize them and say, look, there's no problem with these, we're way less likely to interrupt the recovery. And that's where things start to become unhealthy, where we interrupt a recovery or we prolong a situation. Just because fauna fit in or kind of at the bottom of that triangle doesn't mean that they're not significant in life. If you think about gangs, you think about the kind of um, social pressures that can be created in that environment from fawn, from fit in. All of these things, what do they have in common? Fear. All of them have fear, even low levels of stress. They're generated by fear. By You could call it lots of different things. You could call it pressure. You could call it deadlines. You could call it whatever, but it's, it's fear. And adrenaline is a fuel. Adrenaline can get us through things, but it, it's a fast, hot fuel. It is designed to get us through things over a short space of time. These survival techniques are not designed to be consistently used as a method for living. And that's where things become unhealthy. The stressor or the response to the stressor or you know, our body's evolutionary response, these reflexes, these involuntary, not part of conscious, like these are not conscious reflexes. These reflexes aren't, aren't a problem. They're what we are designed to manage. They are there to help us. But we come to rely on them a little bit like an addiction. We come to rely on the cortisol. We come to rely on the, the repeating um, use of these to get through life because we don't know any better. Usually, we don't know any better. And we may think we know better, but maybe our body doesn't know better because maybe it hasn't ever felt safe enough to relearn that story. So when we're talking about social stressors, when we're talking about stress responses, we're talking about activation, it is not a problem. It is a very human way to respond to the world. Allowing it, even acknowledging that you are stressed, acknowledging that this is going on in your body, 
and not judging it is the very first step to recovering from it. Stress is not bad, bunny ears bad. Activation isn't. These are human tools to survive. Recovery is what gets interrupted when our brain tells us that we shouldn't be feeling like that. We should have recovered from that. That shouldn't have happened to us. We can't tell anybody about X, Y, and Z. There's shame, there's guilt. And these things just get stuck in a neural block in our brain. Our body can't recover and therefore it can't learn and adapt. That's what trauma is. Trauma sits in our system. Trauma sits in our body. Trauma is what lives on after the event. The event that was too much, too fast, too loud, that our body felt it didn't have the resources to cope with. There will be trauma within you. I'm fairly sure there certainly is within me. And I've yet to meet a person who is not carrying something. If you have ever had a disproportionate reaction to something, if you ever try to figure out why, why? Why am I so stressed about that? Why am I all up in the top of my body? Maybe that's a fight response, or maybe I just want to leave. I just want to withdraw. I just want to go away. Flight response. Your people pleasing goes to high levels or you just shrink, you blend. You just stop doing everything and anything that makes you you and you just try to be the same as everybody else. Do it the same way as everybody else. Why am I disproportionately Why am I freezing? It may be that it's not yours. These responses, these evolutionary triggers, they can come from our lived experience. They can come from stretching up against a cultural boundary, like a tribal boundary. They can come from epigenetics. So this could be something that genes have switched on and off for this predisposition, this central nervous system predisposition to respond in a certain way. Your parents, your grandparents may have had genes switched on and off inside their body from events that happened in their life and you've inherited that. The reason I'm telling you all this is firstly, because I never ever want you to feel like you have to avoid stress. And secondly, I want you to know that stress is a human experience of the world. There is stress in it. And it is a tool that is here to help us manage in a world that is unpredictable, no matter how much we like to think we can control it. But the third thing that I want to share is that recovery is always possible. Whether your predispositions are yours, whether they are inherited, whether you know your heritage or not, whatever your life experience has offered you, It is possible, I have seen it, and I have worked with clients through it. It is possible to recover from these things. The very first part of that recovery is accepting that you feel like this, and that's okay. Accepting that your body is responding like this, and that's okay. No judgment, just allow your body 
to be doing what your body is doing. Ask it what it needs. Sometimes a yes or a no question is helpful just to fine tune. Do you want to go outside? Do you want to eat something? Do you want to cry? Do you want to sleep? And do that thing, honor that thing. Accept what your body is going through and allow it to do what it does. And if you get stuck, if you feel like that is a tricky thing to do, talk about it. Verbalize either to another person or to yourself in a recording, or you can write. Get it out, outside of you, so that you can have perspective and space. I spoke about that last week. Stress is really helpful. It is a great tool. When you can recover from stress, when you can discharge the chemicals and the hormones that may be sitting in your body from a different generation, when you can do that and you can do that, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it is possible. When you do that, then your body can learn and adapt. And that may mean that you can adapt to responding a different way to the same stimulus, the same thing that happened. The self-command that you can show yourself comes with accepting you exactly as you are right now and accepting that stress, things that happen that generate stress will happen in the world. And that's okay. You get to respond to them. That's okay too. And you get to recover from that in whatever way works for you because your activation is not going to look like anybody else's. Your tolerance, your benchmark of what is activating is not going to look like anybody else's. Your lived experience is different. Your epigenetics are different. The culture that you have grown up in is different. You'll have faced different challenges. Your primary caregivers would have been different. Allow yourself to recover your way and then you have the opportunity to teach yourself how you wish to respond to these things in the future. There may always be tenderness. There may always be a predisposition to respond to certain things in certain ways. That's okay because once you've accepted, once you've allowed yourself to be the human that has this experience, then you get to protect that tenderness. It's not hiding. You get to protect it. You get to go, oh, I know when I'm in that situation, when I'm with a lot of people or when I'm with my family or when I'm whatever, there is more of a chance that X, Y, and Z is going to happen and I'm going to feel like this. So how can I care for myself in advance? Where can I put the cones around this hole in the road so that I don't fall into it? How can I protect myself with love and grace and allowing myself to be the whole human who experiences life exactly like this and not make it wrong? That is something that you will carry into your future rather than the fear of responding to something in a certain way or having to avoid a situation so that you 
don't have that trigger, it allows you to get as close as you wish to. And very often what I've found, certainly with my clients, is that on the other side of the thing that is the trigger is a big heap of gold. I don't necessarily mean gold in terms of earning money, gold in terms of wealth, personal wealth, what you can see of yourself, what you can learn of yourself, how you can be with yourself. Your evolution of you is very often simply allowing yourself to be who you are right now. And believe me, you are wonderful. Once you get past that little thing in your brain that says you're not, and you will get there by just allowing, you just don't have to fight with yourself anymore. This is how I respond in this situation. Okay, don't make it wrong. Once you move past that voice, you're on the other side of it. And you are worth taking the time and making the investment to do this for. I promise you, it's possible. It's really worth doing. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope very much that you did, don't forget to hit subscribe so all future episodes get automatically downloaded to your listening platform. And come hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Sally Hardy underscore coach.